Thanks for listening to the Sugar Hill Church Podcast. To hear more sermons and to find out more about our church, please visit sugarhillchurch.com. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and pull those out, and I'm going to invite you to find one of my favorite passages of Scripture. It's found in Joshua chapter 3. Joshua chapter 3. As you're doing that, in fact, in, instead of doing that, let me invite you to pull out your little uh, bulletin for a second. Pull, do, do you all have one of those? Do you have the little sermon notes page? Go ahead and pull that out. And if you've got a pen or a pencil or mascara or blood or whatever you have, go ahead and pull that out as well. And I want you to answer a couple of questions as we get started. See, as we launch into 2015, uh, there's a lot of questions that come up. There's a lot of introspection. There's a, there's a lot of just looking at our lives that happens. And I was talking to Pastor Chuck about this earlier today. Both he and I are nerds when it comes to, to lists and questions and books and all of this. But here's a couple of questions I thought would be great for us to start with this morning. So on your little piece of paper, try to answer these as best that you can. If you were to live 2014 over again, so if you could have a do-over, what would you do more of? Go ahead and answer that on your piece of paper. If you could do 2014 over again, what would you do more of? If you could do 2014 over again, here's the second question. What would you do less of? What is it that when you look back over this last year that you would take away So what would you do more of? What would you do less of? And if you could do 2014 over again, what relationship would you invest more in? What relationship would you invest more in? So here's what I believe. 2015, literally, I believe, can be the best year ever. I don't know if I'm optimistic. I don't know if maybe I'm a little naive. But over the last several months, I've felt the stirring inside of me, and I've talked to Chuck about this a lot, and I've talked to Hector about it and the rest of our team about it, that I really believe that God has positioned us as a church for something great, even greater in 2015. When I think about uh, over 200 people joining the church, and I think about over 100 people being baptized, I think about all the people that gave their lives to Christ uh, here and around the world, I think 2014 literally has been great, but I don't think God is done. I think he's positioned us for a season of more. And I don't just feel that in a church. I also feel that individually. I feel that in our own life. I was telling Laura just a couple of days ago, she, we, we were just talking about Christmas and just all that we've experienced this season. And I said, I really think this is one of the best Christmases that we've ever had together. I've got this expectancy. I've got this expectancy that, that, that 2015 is going to be great, both spiritually, emotionally. I think it's going to be great physically. I, I think across the board, 2015 has something more. But here's the practical side of me. The pragmatic side of me is realizes that it doesn't just happen by accident. It doesn't happen by accident. Right, all, all of the tissue paper that was across our living room floor didn't get cleaned up by accident, did it? Right, how many of y'all had, had sort of that bomb exploded look in your house this week? Did y'all have that? Did y'all have tissue paper climbing up the wall trying to get away? Did you have, I mean, get, getting that back together doesn't just naturally happen. Your closet doesn't naturally organize itself, does it? doesn't happen. Right? When we first got married, one of the things I learned about Laura, she likes an organized closet. And so I quickly learned what Roy G. Biv stands for. Do you all know what that stands for? It's the color of the rainbows. And it's the way she organizes her side of the closet, right? 
And so things don't happen by accident. Disorder happens automatically. Order comes by deliberate choices. And what I believe, answering deliberate questions. Questions help bring clarity to a situation. Questions help bring confidence to whatever we're doing. Clarity causes us to be introspective and to say, I want to do this year on purpose because here's what I believe. This is a new day. I believe that 2015 is a new horizon. I believe 2015 could be the best year ever. And so for us to walk into it, I want us to answer three questions. So if you've got your summer notes, these are different questions than I already gave you. Those are sort of a warm-up test. But I want you to write down these three questions today. I don't want you to necessarily answer them this morning. I want you to wrestle with them Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I want you to wrestle with them knowing that 2015 is coming. I want you to spend time with them. Allow them to sort of brew or simmer inside of you because these questions, I think, are going to be the intentionality that helps 2015 be what God wants it to be. And all of this comes out of Joshua chapter 3. If you don't know the background of Joshua chapter 3, the nation of Israel, God's people, had been in slavery for 450 years. For 450 years, they've been in Egypt. They had a cruel pharaoh, a cruel leader. The Bible says that every year of slavery was harder and harsher than the year before. In the middle of all of that, the nation of Israel began to wonder, God, are you near us? God, do you care? God, have you forgotten us? And then God raises up a leader. What's his name? Moses. And God sends Moses to Pharaoh and through amazing circumstances that only God could do, nature couldn't do, happenstance couldn't do, through, through a series of situations that only God could do, God miraculously delivers his people out of Egypt and they start walking to a place that we call the promised land. The promised land was that thing they had been looking forward to. The promised land was that place that was flowing with milk and honey. It was part of their destiny. It was part of their, of their journey in God's will. But the problem is they traveled for about a year from Egypt going towards the promised land. And then when they were about a day away from the promised land, the book of Numbers records this in chapter 13 and 14. But when they're about one day away from the promised land, they send 12 spies into the promised land. Hey, go into the promised land. Tell us what you see. Go and scope it out. See if it's really the land that we want it to be. Is it safe for us to go in? And they come back, and you know the story. They send 12 spies in. 10 of them come back and gave a negative report. They're like, yeah, the land is great. It's flowing with milk and honey. The fruit's amazing. There's all this food. It's awesome. But then they said the word that some of us are going to say when January 1 rolls around. They said this one simple little word that has a big impact. They said, but. Hey, the land's great. Yes, it's everything that God said. God made a promise. It's amazing. But there are giants that live in the land. They're so strong and we're so weak. They're so tall and we're so small. There is no way we could go in. And even though they were a day away, and even though they saw God part the Red Sea, and even though they walked through on dry ground, they had little faith. And because of their disobedience, they went into 40 years of wandering. 40 years in the wilderness 40 years doing the same thing over and over and over again until you get to Joshua chapter 3. Joshua is the new leader. 
Joshua is saying to the people, this is a new day. We're on a new horizon. We're finally leaving, wandering in the, in the wilderness, and now we're going into the promised land. We're going into God's will. We've been delivered from the enemy, but now we're walking into what God has for us. He says down in verse 5, Then Joshua said to the people, Consecrate yourselves. For tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. He's saying, get ready, get ready. It's a new day. And that's what I feel like God's placed on my heart today to say to all of us, whether you're new or been around here for a long, long time, whether you're young or you're old, God is telling us to get ready. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, the new year's coming to get ready for what God wants to do. It's not going to happen by accident. It's not going to happen by just backing into it. We need to be intentional. Three questions to be intentional. Question number one that I want you to write down this morning and wrestle with this week. Question number one, what direction am I going to go? What direction will I go? Because honestly, anytime there's a new day, honestly, anytime there's a new season, a new moment, there comes a crossroad where we've got to decide what direction will I go? For them, the crossroads was the river, the Jordan River. They literally have a river between them and the promised land. The river usually was only about 100 feet wide, but the Bible says in this chapter that this is the season when it overflows its banks. Most scholars say at this point, the river is so wide, it's about a mile wide. So there's this mile-wide river in front of them. There's about three or four million of them that's got to cross it. And so they came to a moment where they've got to decide what direction are we going to go? Are we going to go into the promised land? Are we going to go into what God has for us? Are we going to walk into this next chapter, this new day, this new season, this new horizon? Or are we going to go back to what we already know? That's the, that, that's the decision. That's the crossroad. Whether you're, you're young or you're old, whether you're starting in a career or going back to school, whether you're retired, there is a season, there comes a moment where we walk right up to our Jordan River and we've got to decide what are we going to do? What direction are we going to go? And what I know about days like today is before the new year gets here, we're optimistic. Days like today, we're like, I'm going to make all these changes. I'm going to turn over a new leaf. But the closer you get to 2015, the more you're going to be aware of that pull back to the way things have always been. See, the temptation in the middle of this for the nation of Israel. Here, here's what Joshua says. Let me show you where this comes from. It says down in verse 4, uh, as he's talking to them, as he's leading them, he says to them right at the end of verse 4, he says, we're about to go into this place. This is how we're going to go it. But listen to the end of verse 4. But you have not passed this way before. He's saying this is something new. For 40 years, they've been wandering in the wilderness. For 40 years, they've been doing the same thing day after day after day. What are we going to do today? We're going to wander. What are we going to do tonight? We're going to wander. We're just going to keep wandering. For 40 years, they've done the same exact thing. Now they're about to walk into a new day, and they've got to decide, am I going to trust God? Am I going to take the next step? Or the temptation is, am I going to go back to the way things have always been? That's the temptation in our lives. The temptation in our lives in 2015 is going to say, you know what? I'm just going to live in autopilot. I'm just going to go on cruise control. I'm just going to live how I'm going to live. And here's what I want to say. There's so much more. There's so much more. There's so much more. 
And I've seen this over the years. One of the churches I served at, I was part of a, a young adult Bible study that met on Sunday mornings, and we saw God do amazing things in there. But one of the things I would see over time is that transition from high school into adulthood and trying to figure out how, you know, I, 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 I'm an adult now. How, how do I live that out? I, I've got to own my own faith, and I've got, to, I've, I've, got to, I've got to learn what it's like to live out my faith and my, as my own adult, as my own person. And what I would see is there'd be people that would come to the Bible study, and early on, they'd be so excited. Hey, I'm so excited to be here. I can't wait to see what God's going to do. I've heard so much about this. And then over time, they'd begin to wander, and over time, they would disappear. I'd sort of have impressions of what was going on, but I didn't know for sure. I'd see Facebook or Twitter or whatever, social media updates, and I'd wonder, what's going on in their life? What's the deal? And then about three months later, something would happen in their life, some tragedy, some thing, and then they'd show up again, and they'd have a bigger Bible and a notebook, and I'm going to make more promises, and I'm going to do more things, and they would go back through this cycle because it was predictable. It was comfortable. And what I want to say to that person, and I want to say to all of us, there's something more. So question number one to wrestle with, what direction am I going to go? Question number two, write this question down. This is probably the most important question of the morning. Not only what direction will I go, but number two, who am I going to follow? Who am I going to follow? Who's going to set the direction of my life? Who's going to set the pace of my life? Who am I going to follow? Here's what Joshua says to them. He says in verse 2, at the end of three days, which I find that fascinating. So they're camping out by the Jordan River. They're hanging out by the Jordan River. They know they've got to go across it to get into the promised land. I wonder after three days if those four million people were asking, what are we doing here? I mean, really, what are we doing? Are we here for a vacation? Are we just going to swim across? Are we going to build boats for four million people to go across? What are we doing? And instead, what we find out is at the end of those three days, they had been preparing themselves to cross over. I find that fascinating. I find it fascinating that before launching into something new, they stopped and said, we want to prepare. We want to make sure we're right with the Lord. We want to make sure we've dealt with any unconfessed sin. We want to make sure we've dealt with any issues going on in our heart. They took three days. Isn't it interesting that we've got Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday before the New Year rolls around? Isn't it fascinating that, that we've got three days to say before we run into the new year, instead of before we go into life as normal, that we would stop, we would prepare ourselves, we'd ask those tough questions. But here's what Joshua says, and, they, and he commanded the people, verse 2, as soon as you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God being carried by the priests, then you shall set out from your place and you shall follow it. Here's what Joshua says to the people. For the last 40 years, the way that we've known where to go was something external. The way that we've known where to go throughout those 40 years was look up into the clouds, and during the day you saw a pillar of cloud. During those 40 years, if they wanted to know where to go at night, if they were traveling by night, they'd look up, they'd see a pillar of fire. That's easy for three or four million people to do. Hey, where do we go when we're wandering? Hey, follow the cloud during the day. Follow the fire by night. But now Joshua says to the people, don't look for the cloud anymore. Don't look for the fire anymore. Look for the ark of God. 
In fact, in Joshua chapter 3 and chapter 4 combined, the ark is mentioned 16 times. Now, if God were to repeat something 16 times in two pages, do you think it's important? Yes, <laughs> it's important. If you want to write the scripture reference down, write down Exodus chapter 25, verses 10 through 22. Exodus 25, verses 10 through 22. What it refers to is the Ark of Covenant, this box that had angel figures covered in gold, had, had uh, the rod of Aaron, the, a jar of manna, all these things inside the box. The significance is this was God's throne. This is where God would meet with his people. This is where God's glory dwelt all through the Old Testament. And what I love about this is question one is what direction am I going to go? It's followed by, well, how am I going to get there? Who am I going to follow? Am I going to follow cloud and fire stuff? Am I going to follow big print stuff? Am I going to listen to in 2015 the voices of the media? Am I going to listen to some advice in some magazine? Am I going to listen to some friend that, that, that is doing their best, but they're still not infallible? Or am I going to follow God himself? What Joshua is saying to the people, you haven't been this place, so you need God to be your guide. And that's no different than, than for us. No, long, no matter how long you've been alive, no longer how long you've been in the church, no matter, no, no matter all of those things, 2015 is going to be different if we say, I want God to be my guide. Because here's what I know. Christmas was great. Wrapping paper is great. All, all that stuff is great. But in 100 years from now, none of that's going to matter. In 100 years from now, it's not going to matter what label was on our clothing. In 100 years, it's not going to matter what car we drove. In 100 years, it's not going to matter how big our house was. In 100 years, the only thing that's going to matter in our lives, the lives of our kids, is our relationship with God. All this other stuff that we get worked up about. That's why I think questions are so powerful. One great question to ask is, this thing that I'm frustrated about, is it even going to matter in a year? That would change so many things we get fired up about and we get in arguments about. Who's going to be the, your guide? We need a guide. I, I, I need a guide. For, for instance, when I was in college, I was trying to figure out, well, I, I need a model for how I'm going to live my life financially. What am I going to do with my finances? And so during that season, I was introduced to Dave Ramsey. Started listening to his principles. I was like, hey, that makes sense. So I, I followed his guidance. About two years ago, I was like, man, I've been going to the gym a long, long time, but not seeing any results. And so uh, I hired a guy named Larry to help train me. And, and so I needed a guide when it came to that. This last year, I was like, man, I, I just feel awful all the time. I have headaches all the time. I have migraines all the time. And so I found a guide to say, all right, look, cut out the stuff from your diet. Quit doing it. I, I am the result of people guiding me. I'm so grateful for people like Pastor Chuck, somebody that can be a guide, a voice into my life. And as great as all of those things are, nothing replaces the voice of God in your life. That's why Bible study is so important. That's why prayer is so important. That's why talking to your kids about your faith is so important. So question number one, what direction are you going to go? Question number two, who's going to be your leader? Who are you going to follow? And then question number three is, am I willing to walk by faith? Just write that question down. Am I willing to walk by faith? And so what happens is after those three days, 
Joshua says, all right, we're going to cross the Jordan River. And again, the Jordan's overflowing. It's a, a mile wide at this point. We're going to cross over. Well, Joshua, how are we going to cross over? Here's what we're going to do. The priests are going to pick up the Ark of the Covenant of God. The, the Ark is going to go in front of us, symbolizing God is going before us. And here's what's going to happen. They're going to take that ark, and the priests are going to step into the cold, dark, murky water. Can you imagine being the priest? <laughs> We're going to do what? <laughs> uh, you're going to step into the water. But Joshua, when Moses was the leader, God parted the water first. <laughs> and then they stepped in. Yeah, but it's going to be different this time. This time, you're going to step in first. And then after you step in, God's going to cause the water to wall up 20 miles upstream at a city called Adam. When you step in, God's going to make the way. What? You've got to step in first. Okay, all right. So say we step in first. Well, how long do we have to stand there? until all four million people cross into the promised land. Can you imagine how chaotic that must have been? Four million people? You thought Super Walmart was bad on Christmas Eve, right? Four million people trying to get from here to here, and, and some of them are so far back, they're like, we didn't even know there's water. Where are we going? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? And what are the priests supposed to do? They're just supposed to stand. And I wonder if that's not where a lot of us need to be for 2015. I wonder if, we, if there's been moments where God says, I have a promised land for you. I'm going to make a way. I'm going to part the waters for you. I'm going to make it possible for you to live the life that I've called you to live. But I wonder how many times we've missed it because we haven't stood there long enough. We want things to happen now. We want quick prayers. We're so uncommitted to the long haul. We underestimate what God could do in a year, and we overestimate what could happen in a day. And I wonder if God doesn't want us to say, you know what, even when I don't see the payoff, even when I don't see immediate results, I'm still going to stand. Because what happened for them is the more steps they took, the more the way God opened up. Could it be that you've known what God wants you to do? Could it be that you've known deep in your heart, maybe it's you need to be saved. You've never been saved and you've been scared to death. And today God's saying, I want you to be brave. I want you to step into the water. I want you to take me at my word. But honestly, there's a lot of us in this room that you've been saved. You know Christ personally, but you've been going back to the way things have always been, back to the comfort of security. Even if, if that thing you're going back to isn't great, it's still predictable, and so you feel safer doing that. And could it be that God wants you today, tomorrow, Tuesday, Wednesday, to wrestle with it and say, God, I want to take you at your word. I want to step into the water, and I'm willing to stand. I want us to pray together as a church. If you don't mind, would you bow your heads for a moment? In fact, while you do that, would you stand very quietly with me, very reverently with me? And I just want us to pray together. I want to pray over what God wants to do over these next three or four days. 
I want to pray over what God wants to do in our hearts and even in this moment. If you've never been saved, the greatest thing that could happen is for you to put your trust and your faith in Jesus Christ. In fact, if that's you and you'd like to do that even today, right after this service, just head out that side door and meet and greet. And we've got some people that will be there. I would love to talk to you. Some of our pastors would love to pray with you and tell you how you can know Christ personally. Maybe it is that for you to step into the water, there's some things, there's some changes that need to happen. You've been hoping, man, this addiction would go away. You've been hoping, hey, this marriage would fix itself. You're hoping that your kids are going to figure it out by themselves. But the truth is that doesn't happen. That rarely happens by itself. Maybe you need to say, hey, I need some help. I need some guidance. My prayer today is that for all of us, we recognize God didn't just, just rescue us from something, but he rescued us for something something more or even something new. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just pray over the room today. I pray over our hearts. Father, would you help us to have hope? Would you help us to have faith? Would you help us to be brave enough to step away from the security of the shore into the water? God, would you give us the endurance that even when we don't see the off immediately that we'd stay faithful. Help us to have faith and to trust your faithfulness today.